in episode 219. Thank me later. Myself will probably not talk about totems for once. And <laughs> We're definitely going to talk about totems. Okay, we'll talk about totems. Uh, Tokyo Collection Expansion was announced. They had the update to the seasons, which was a hot topic, along with we're into the conference round of the NFLPA Legit. So lots to talk about. Another exciting episode. Stay tuned. The Office Podcast with the property expert. If it's happening in Upland, it's the place you want to check first. With your host who's stupid to win and thank you later. Bringing the strategy, news, and cool charts with all the data. This is Upland, where the metaverse goes down. Genesis, San Fran, the Rio, and all around. Don't miss a week, you never know what they'll say next. It's the Upland Property Access, baby, UPX. going on fellow uplanders and welcome to another exciting episode of the upland property experts podcast i'm your host too stupid to win and as always joined by thank me later what up for all the haters nice shirt for all the haters you got haters do i have haters yeah you know i got haters (laughs) uh how's your week been how has my week been Good, I guess. I haven't really thought about it, honestly. Okay. Wow, that's <laughs> a lot of dead air right there. Now, anyway, um, <laughs> the season revamp went on. Spark Week's going on, and go karts. Right after the day after the show last week, they talked about the uh, uh, UGC go karts hit the streets. So, a lot oh, of things yeah. to cover. You got to go make a trade. Somebody. Oh, I want to give them a shout out. Keep going. Thought you were going to give him a shout out. I am, but I got to look him up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and the official raceway of the. Oh, it's Caesar. Duh. His spell, it's just with numbers C324R15, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Caesar. Caesar. Yeah. He's hooking me up with Phantom Cart number 111. Ooh. Yeah. You like shout ones. out. Yeah, that's what he said. So shout out, shout out to my boy Caesar. Nice. And then, um, yeah, and also the official track of the Upland Property Experts podcast in Northumberland, Nashville, Tennessee, has been sanctioned by the Upland Racing League. So, nice job, JT, on getting that uh, through the finish line there. So, and then we'll be working with JT uh, and the Upland Racing League to have some races going on there weekly. Still trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, still trying to figure out what that looks like. So, not really sure. Daddy. What up, buddy? What oh, is that? That's uh, my three-year-old terror. Who should be in bed right now? Oh my gosh! Who let you reproduce <laughs> four times? Oh! <laughs> hey, buddy, it's time for bed. <laughs> Who knows what he wanted? <laughs> Great parent, love it. I have no idea. I was listening to him. I just put him on the camera for some likes, and then off to bed. 
Now, he was mumbling, and he knows he's been trying to go to bed for, oh, about two hours now, so. Look at this puffy-looking avatar. Oh. Caesar. He's got his mech suit on. And his Protom Pioneer badge. You get your pro- Did you end up getting your Protom Pioneer badge? Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Hold on. Listening to see if he's what's happening. Are you in trouble? Oh, oh no, he's uh behind the screen playing with his toys right now. And I had to let him know that it's not time to play and it's time to go to his bed. Oh god, I kind of hope he unplugged something. <laughs> That's entertaining for me. No, it's on the other side. Yeah, and and there you go, fax the mute button worked this time. Oh my god, finally, Jesus. I don't know what it was with that setup that day. But anyway, let's jump into the secondary market as we board everybody for the last five minutes. I mean, I'm not the one showing my kid. He came in. What am I supposed to do? Just ignore him completely, push him down or push him away? Yeah. That's child abuse. Get a little spray bottle like you do with the dog or a cat. They're not cats. Then they get all wet, then they touch things, and then they get other things wet. So it's it's not the same. I get things wet when I touch them, too. I can appreciate that. Ah, Jesus. All right, looking back at the top 10 city floors in Upland over the last week, um, pretty much green above the board. Tokyo hit a 34% drop, but that's as expected as you had the expansion last week and then the collection reveal this week, so... Boy, Caesar, what up, brother? Uh, yeah, no, that's not surprising. Uh, the Tokyo expansion, uh, from what I hear, is there's some pretty cheap properties there uh, to get. Santa Clara on just continuing to rebound, which is great to see. Um, and yeah, honestly, like green more or less across the board, especially on the upex side. So, like that is. That's kind of what we want to see. Oh, yeah. And Dizzy's been crazy building on that Northumberland track, so. Oh, yeah. I need to get on that. I need to start building it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll talk about that, too, in Spark Week. And they got the Nashville buildings coming up tomorrow, so it's exclusive to Spark Week. And Let's heal that. Yeah, dang it. Six minutes and 58 seconds in. All right got to figure out how to put black screens over you when this happens. Um, highest upland city arbitrage. This is the place where the difference between the UPEX floor and the U.S. dollar floor is the largest good places if you want to come into the game with U.S. dollars and get your UPEX out of it. Uh, now, you also have to look at transaction volume during the week just to make sure that there that properties are moving. Throwing up a bunch of uniques in Nashville? Yes. Oh. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, the Nashville uniques for Spark Week launch. I'm guessing. So yesterday was Queens, today was Dallas, and then tomorrow is Nashville. But do I have to buy Spark or do I have to do something special for it? Just start the building. Oh, really? Yep. Is it a cool building? Uh, Yeah. All right, maybe I'll 
Do are we gonna wait? Where's our racetrack? Is our racetrack in Nashville? Yes. Should we? Are we building? Are we coordinating that? Yeah, we're gonna build some on there. Oh yeah. Yes. All right. <clears throat> Maybe I'll do that too. There you go. I'll remind. I'll send you a text and remind you. Yeah, remind me. That would be fun. All right. And then Lois, this is where the close is between your UPEX floor and the U.S. dollar floor. A um, little better Ooh. than last week. Everybody's under fifty percent here. Uh, Arlington looks like your best deal this week with a $7.89 floor with a 14500 UPEX floor. Um, that way you can manipulate your floor price there. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. So it's interesting because of the two, I think I would go with Staten Island. Um, look for the Black Dot in Midtown Nashville, TML. I will, JT. Um because, and honestly, I think those are the only properties I own in Nashville. <laughs> um, so if I look at it, so here's the thing. Arlington, now granted, Arlington's done historically pretty well. So I can see Arlington and Dallas, like they, they had a pretty good rebound. But in theory, that Arlington could still drop. It's at $789. So if it went to like $6, you could potentially lose some profit. Now, I look at Staten Island and I say, okay, the difference there, you know, percentage wise is only a percentage. However, you really can't lose much on the USD side because it's 50 cents away from the floor. So even if people pennied it down, you're only losing a max of 50% 50 cents of profit there where, you know, on like a Rutherford or Arlington, um, there's a lot more room for bottoming out that's my only thought on that yeah because arlington sees right around 150 transactions a month so that's about five a day yeah i mean again arlington's historically performed fairly well uh yeah smaller area og no more props will be released uh staten island or yeah, Staten Island's OG, no more props. Arlington will have more. Oh, that's another big factor. I always forget that. That's a really big factor, actually. Um, any city that has, I mean, just go look at Tokyo's numbers, right? That'll tell you right there. Buying in a non, like, fully uh, expanded city has some risks, in my opinion. Like, at any point, as soon as they announce that expansion, your floor is going to bottom. Which is interesting because, like, do you ever think, would they ever do a release that was just, like, way higher, right? Like, let's say Vegas is probably the best example. Like, the market has shifted, so the, the real-life market's way up. When they do a Vegas expansion, the cost per up square is, like, double what it was in the original release. And what do you think that would do to the market? Huh, that's interesting. But they base everything off of the real life properties, so I I guess it would depend on what they released there and if it actually equated to doubling the actual property value. Um, city releases. Well, the the larger city releases definitely are right. So. 
City Over City releases, and now I haven't studied the expansion. So, like, the London expansion, the Tokyo expansion, is the cost per up square on the expansions on par with the original uh, release? Because, like, I, what I'm curious is, like, do they take it, do they have the entire thing mapped out, all the neighborhoods, and the cost per up square, like, set in stone day one? Or do they reevaluate when they do the expansion? Because if they do expansion a year later and the overall game has changed and the cost value proposition of that might have increased, you know, I'm curious how they do that and what what that might do to the game. My original. They bought Tokyo expansion prices didn't match what they had announced they would be, unfortunately. Oh, how so? Were they higher or lower? Um, Vegas printed out. I wouldn't pay higher up square for for more rural list. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe Vegas is a bad example because they released kind of the the strip already. Um, L.A. Right, L.A. still has some. Isn't there? Or did they end up releasing that? All of L.A. is released. All of it, but I thought there was like a section in the middle of L.A. That was going to be like different, or did they actually? Is, did uh, well, yeah, you still have Beverly Hills that's still in the middle. That still isn't released. There, there are yeah. some. There are some pockets that haven't been released of LA. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which will be separate cities, but they will fall under the LA hub. God, just so kind of like it's, the, it's kind of like the opposite of Fresno. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Since, I don't want to. I don't want to call Beverly Hills the Fresno of LA. Oh I feel no. Like, no, no, no. Um, yeah. Still uh, need Santa Monica and Beverly Hills. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like that'll be interesting if it's part of the hub, if it's considered a second city, like if it'll be integrated in from a treasure hunting perspective, um, those have high potentials to be like the next um, Rutherford's if they don't. That's going to be expensive though. Beverly Hills will be expensive. Yeah. Now, you were asking about the Tokyo. They announced prices of the low of 17393 up X with a high of 818000 up X with an average price of 64152 up X. And there, there were some properties below that low. But non-FSA were cheaper than that? That's like, I would, yeah. I would understand if FSA were, but non-FSA, that's kind of interesting. So... Could any city be expanded? Yes and no. Um, historically, what they've done is like that would be like your primary city is your hub. So your San Francisco, Chicago, Manhattan, your tier one cities kind of be are like the anchor of the area. And then there's like satellite cities that kind of spawn off like Oakland, Fresno, et cetera, or the, the boroughs. It, since Chicago's a tier one, the boroughs, depending on population size, you know, you'll be a tier four, tier five city. Yeah, but they wouldn't extend like Chicago's. They will. They might have like again, like the hidden gems. So there might be some Jason Borough. Well, <laughs> um, solid uh, sports ball jokes. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, I freaked. That totally threw me off. What we were you saying? I got squirreled in my brain. Dizzy, you're you're supposed to be the squirrel wrangler, not the squirrel creator. Jeez, old Pete. Yeah. Your favorite place? 
Wait. Did I talk about Piora on the stream? Yes, last week when you were traveling. Oh, oh that's super. That was super weird. Because uh, also, some, like, uh, I, uh, whatever. But I, some of my dating apps, so I got some new likes. And they were like, I was like, dang, this is some prime, prime choice. They were in Peoria. <laughs> they like match while I was there. And I was just like, dang. And I guess they're like, you know, there's not a lot happening there. I love Peoria. But I couldn't get an Uber. Did I tell you that story? Yes, you did. did. I tell you? Like, oh, my God. Anyway, so it's pretty, it's pretty lonely there, apparently. Yeah, Midwest women for the win for sure. Because, like, you know, I'm a Texas solid seven now, seven and a half on a good day. I'm a Peoria 12. Like, Jesus. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I roll up, like, there ain't no competition. Like, I have all my teeth. I'm immediately double digits. Like, oh, wow. All right. Let, let's move. <laughs> Looking back one year in the upland. Uh, <laughs> Manhattan, we were getting excited. Manhattan was pushing towards that 100,000 uh, UPEX floor again, but it fell off since last year around this time. Rutherford's said, still down I from its I thought it was a bubble. You did call it was a bubble. And then uh, San Francisco's down about 14%. Arlington's making that steady climb up 38% over the year. And Dallas is up about 16% over the year. Yeah, so that's what I was saying. Like, Arlington is is a solid performer. And, again, year over year has actually gone up in value. But Dizzy makes the really good point. Like, it's not fully expanded yet. As soon as there's an Arlington expansion, believe those numbers come back down significantly. So, uh, again, not, not trying, not financial advice, whatever, you know, if, if Arlington's your place, go get it. Uh, but just know that in the event that they do an expansion of that city, you should expect to see some, uh, lower floors. And again, that doesn't mean the value, the net value necessarily decreases. It's just that the floor will definitely decrease. What up six wicks? And the bottom 10 city floors in Upland, uh, Detroit, Rio, Queens, Chicago, Sao Paulo. Notice that the Rutherford is over have the floor of Manhattan? Yes. Wait, what? It's over half the floor of Manhattan. Oh, half the floor. Okay. I mean, it's always been over half the floor, hasn't it? Uh, not always. Nothing exciting on the on the bottom ten, and then looking overall on sold out, nothing really moved there. Tokyo's down twelve percent, <laughs> but that's due to the expansion. So, and then unminted properties three hundred thousand eight hundred and four that were out there when we collected data. Look at Detroit, Detroit chugging along. Yeah, it's getting down there slowly but surely. Love to see that. Los Angeles still sitting at a hundred and thirty-three thousand properties available. Now there used to be times when Los Angeles was ripping off a thousand properties a a week being minted, but it's, it's kind of slowed down this week. Only three hundred and three. Well, you know what? I, I think honestly, the 
the international expansion um, in general, not just like Tokyo this week. Um, <laughs> TML predicted that by the end of 2020. I don't know if I said that exactly. Yeah, you did. You, you uh, went on a rant about it too. I mean, I'm not that far off. It's it, the, it didn't cr- didn't crater. It's pretty much it's pretty much worthless at this point. What's it selling like one or two? It's only like, down. Because, it's only down twenty two percent. Yeah, but how many how many sell a week? Like three. Like the sale. Like it's it's a trickle. Like there's no one selling. There's no one buying. The market has cratered. It doesn't mean that the floor bottomed out. Like no one's going to be selling at a loss, but th- there is no activity. Like so, the market, not necessarily the floor, but the market has cratered. I mean, Rutherford for the year had fifteen hundred transactions, which for was, the year, <laughs> which was. In last place by almost 3x. Uh, Manhattan came in second to last with 4,500 transactions. So Manhattan, yeah, Manhattan, which is a slow-moving city, had 3x Rutherford. Rutherford is a dead market. 1,500 properties for the entire year? That's what LA does in a month or a week even. I don't even know. Oh wait, no, that was that wasn't the year. I'm sorry, that was for a month. Um, oh, I was like, dang, that is worse than I thought. No, they did. That was for a month. I'm sorry, I didn't have oh, the year God. totals there. Yeah. Uh, All right. Anyway, Rutherford, it's a dead market. <laughs> you hear? You heard it here first. Uh, I feel like there was something else I wanted to talk about. What were we talking about before somebody brought up Rutherford? Hold on, let's see. Uh, 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 uh. What were we talking about before that? Oh, man, I thought there was, there was about to be some good content. Dang it. Yeah. All right. Anyway. What up? We got go-karts. User-generated go-karts were launched last week um, right after the show. Next day. Nice. What up? Ron Wilson live in the house. AKA Crypto Worm. Crypto Worm. I like the cards. I like the styles. I think it's fun. I like turtles. I do like turtles. So you're going to design a, have somebody design you a turtle cart? Oh, that would be cool. Turtle. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to have a fully constructed factory on one of your properties, and then you can submit your cart designs in the link, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I just got my first, well, I guess I have the Genesis cart, but I think the trade just went in for my first cart. Uh, Phantom cart. Number mint one one one, courtesy of Caesar, the man, the legend. I'm really excited. It's my new favorite cart. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see as more and more pe- as Upland streamlines the process, um, and as these carts start rolling out, the cool ones that show up. 
Yeah. It, and again, I think it'll be. I, I'm curious what the price point will end up being for these. Again, if they're all, um, you know, if they all have the same stats. So if like it's not a stat differential, um, then I'm curious where the valuation. No doubt, style's going to play a large role, right? Um, we see it in everything. Style. If it looks cool, people are going to want it no matter what. As a gamer and collector, the official stuff tends to hold its value more. Now, if it's official and it looks cool, that's the double whammy. If it's official, looks cool, and is rare. So I think like those are like the, the three main factors. If there isn't a um, stat component, would be looks, rarity, and officialness. If like essentially, is it official or is it user generated? Now, it is possible that some, if a specific user or manufacturer creates some really rare, really cool looking ones, that they could almost become like a desired artist um, and be on par with um, Upland created carts. But Upland just has the marketing, like just the default marketing to be able to pump these carts out um, and to get people connected. I just see them being more collectible. People like the official stuff. Yeah, unless people design some really cool ones themselves. Oh, and then going back really quick, I did verify that actually was the year 1500 for Rutherford for the year. Yeah, fifteen hundred for the year. Yes, get bent, Rutherford. Um, no, nah, well, I know why, Shaq, but you, you are a creator. You are an artist. You will naturally go towards user-generated content. You're in that. That's part of your community. It makes sense that that's who you would go. I'm talking mass market gaming, right? Keep in mind my perspective has always been mass market gaming. And if you go and you look at like anywhere, like look at a game expansion, right? Look at a game um, like Elder Scrolls. You have the official expansions and you have all of the mods made by communities. Uh, And there are some mods that do really well and that are very popular. And they're actually sometimes even better than official expansions. But the official expansions are always the highest selling, biggest deal because they are official. So, and that doesn't mean that everybody's going to like them the most, but that's just how it tends to work. Maybe, maybe Web three will change that. Um, you know, maybe that's a paradigm shift that's coming with Web three that UGC will overtake um, kind of the brand manufactured items. Look at it like sneakers, okay? You have sneakers that are made by Nike, and then you have people that, like, modify sneakers, right? So there are collectors who love modified sneakers. However, a true sneakerhead might only recognize official Nike-created sneakers, right? And so when Nike does a collaboration with an artist and releases it as an official, so, like, when... Upland partners with an artist and then creates an official cart. 
those will have a lot of value, just like official spinoffs and special editions. However, there's still a whole like Etsy community of custom sneakers that people love and pay a tremendous amount for. It just doesn't have the same collectability, in my opinion, as the official stuff. But everything doesn't have to be a collection. If somebody makes a cool cart, it's in demand and people will buy it. Sure, 100%. I'm not saying that there won't that that won't be the case. The Phantom is a great example. Arguably one arguably not one of arguably the coolest cart that has been released to date. I'm looking at the little screenshot. There's three Upland carts and one UGC cart. And the UGC cart blows the other ones away. So, like from that perspective, like that's a really hot cart. But overall, like the from a general rule of thumb, the Upland branded carts are just going to tend to hold their value, in my opinion, a little bit more. Not that there's not going to be off cases of really cool ones like the Phantom, but we're already see it. Go look at go look at um, map assets. Map assets is a great place. There's a ton that have been created by Upland that are official ones that have a whole lot higher value than ones that are created by the community, even though the community ones sometimes are cooler. But the, if you average them together, like I would say the Upland ones have had more sustained value than the user-generated ones in general. That's not, and again, it's, it's a generalization. There's always exceptions to the rule. What are you agreeing with, Umbrella Boy? They got to stop competing. Yeah, I mean that would be one way to do it. If Upland stopped competing, but that statement in and of itself, and the fact that you agree with that, Shaq, means that you have to that you that you recognize and appreciate the fact that Upland created content has a larger market pool in general, than user-generated content. So, so now, now you're back on the other side of it. You, you said you're always about the mass adaptation of games. and But now you're going to, it's got to be created by the game creator to be special. So if you want mass adaptation. No, no, no. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it has to be created by the game creator to be special. In a situation where you have game-created assets, and user-created assets, from a gaming and marketing perspective, from my experience, the gamer, the game-created assets tend to have higher value resell visibility because they're in the marketing, because they're being pushed by the game. They just are more well-known. If you're a new player and you're not connected, see, the other thing is you have to separate yourself. Shaq and, and all of our listeners, we know these artists. Like, these are our friends. These are our comrades. So, of course, we are advocates for their work by far. We love their work. We're going to push their work. We love it. If you are not connected to this community, and when you get to a mass market game where you're talking millions of people, they aren't going to know Tosshead personally like we do. They are going to see the Upland created stuff, and that's where they're going to tend because that is safe. That is a safe thing. We know it's official. There's no questions like, oh, well, Upland made it. It just, there's just something but, that is better about that. Now, if as Upland, Jesus is saying, uh, you know, 
the the map assets are not more collectible. They're to decorate your yard, really, is what it is. You know, they're it, it's so it's different than your go karts, and I don't think go karts are collectibles either. It's to be racing. It's to race in a style that shows it off. You know, so it, it's there. There are things that are collections. You know. Uh, yes, and, yes and no, because from a map asset perspective, keep in mind, like they have like their seasonal gnomes. Oh yeah, I would are I would say are more collectible, right? Than the, any user generate. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they're better. Like, like I like the seasonal assets that have been created by the community aesthetically better. However. The pieces that have been made by Upland, the FIFA pieces for the World Cup, the cancer support pieces, like those are going to have higher visibility and resell in general because they are like, it's like officially licensed material. Like this is stuff from Upland. The other stuff is stuff that the community made. And again, we're part of that community. So we feel very strongly towards the content we are creating and selling. But currently Upland has the advantage of the push notification. All the UGC people don't have the push. Note. You got your shops and, you know, right now there's no other than being on discord or Twitter developing, following that way. I mean, you got to hustle to get your name right. out there to get your brand out there. Upland does have the advantage on the marketing aspect, being able to say, Hey, and you know, they're doing it for a collection style process while your UGC people are doing it for the masses to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge part of the component, right? Like they have, it's their platform. Like we get to create on it and, and do our stuff on it. But at the end of the day, it's their platform. Even if they put a little notification for us, it doesn't have the same impact. And again, when we're talking mass market, we're still 5,000 active players, really. Like, this isn't a million-player game at this point. When it's a million players, and again, this isn't... I want to be very clear. This isn't to say that the UGC content isn't fantastic, because it is. It's not to say that the user-generated content isn't valuable, because it is. And it doesn't. And that's not profitable, because it definitely is profitable. But when you're talking mass market collectability, like the thing that's going to be easier to sell to new players who don't know anything is if they look at it and go, oh, this was from the FIFA World Cup event. Oh, this was from this event that's officially uh, through the game. Like that, that means something. Now, I will, I will say that Cheese has a point on the map assets aren't as big of a deal as block explorers, which we haven't seen user-generated block explorers yet. Um, so, like, that is a whole different thing because they actually have, like, collections and stuff like that. Cars is going to be a whole different thing because that actually has stats. Um, carts is, again, slightly different because they don't have stats, but, again... It's hard. It's hard to say, but I'm telling you, from a from a general market perspective, like that's just the reality. When it scales, like they have a massive advantage. Now, could they stop making that? Could they? Could they go? We aren't. We as Upland are not going to make any new items. 
Sure, but they would never do that because it's extremely profitable for them. Like, why the hell would they not take advantage of their platform to make items that they can sell and make massive profit off of? Like, it's literally all profit for them. They don't have to buy their own spark. Like, they they literally just mint their own spark and then mint their own stuff. It's It's literally printing money for them. Like... Uh, but I would probably stop buying ornaments altogether now that there are user made and upland made. Well, well, Boulder was talking that he bought, he saw one of 99 and he was buying them. Then he realized that they were user generated. I mean, but there's only going to be 99 of them. So it is a limited collection. I, I wouldn't not buy them because they weren't made by upland. They are in upland. They're not going out of upland. So that that's a small collection, you know, a, a 99 mint run on an ornaments, a small collection. Yeah, but again, you're you're talking the difference between 99 items on Etsy versus 99 Nikes from Nike. Like that people need to understand that's the difference. But once again, you're going back to a brand brand recognition and so what yep, Upland is the brand. Right. You're now, you're playing in Upland on the Upland metaverse. Right. Upland and for right now, they are the brand. They are the recognizable name. But say this UGC person that had 99 of these micro house ornaments in two years is a big name brand in Upland. And now it's well recognized and it's sought after. And you had the opportunity They'll never to never be as now. big as Upland. They might, be, they might be a novelty. They could definitely have a following, right? This isn't to, and this isn't to say that one-off people. Tosshead's a great example. Tosshead and and Toshack and the work that they do is going to be sought after because so many of the OGs love it and will be there. So keep in mind that again, some people and this is this goes the same. Like there are game expansions that become so popular that the actual game starts ripping them off or just takes it and does whatever or, like, spins off into its own game. Like, we will have creators in this space. The top echelon will achieve significant, you know, uh, celebrity and power once the game goes bigger. They will not be bigger than Upland because that's just not how that works. But, sure, I can see a Toshack and Tosshead and them, like, being very well sought after. But again, it's it's a niche. It's still not upland. That's all I'm saying. Like, all right, let's go on to the next thing. The Tokyo expansion went down last week, and the collections were revealed this week. Um, typical vanilla mode release, and you're good. I don't have much more on that. Just pointed out that it happened. Yeah. No, and and don't get me wrong. I am I am one of those creators. Keep in mind, I have an, a map asset store. I am one that uses my platform to push it. I don't expect my map assets to ever be as in demand as the Upland generated ones. They're going to be a, a niche collection of people that get it, that want to be a part of it. But do I expect it to ever be as popular as those damn garden gnomes? No. Do I, but more valuable. But it's just a different like that's a different scale because you know the whole collect the whole value of all of the gnomes that exist versus all of say the test tubes 
that exist, like the gnomes have a, a higher net value, right, than all of the test tubes. One-to-one is not a great comparison because of rarity and et cetera. Um, but, yeah. But I think that's what we got to get away from, too, is talking about map assets. There are going to be collections in map assets, but the majority of them are to decorate yards. And if you look at it, you're going to have to have higher numbers. There's 4 million minted properties in Upland right now. So you you, you do the math. I mean, it, some people are going to have collections. They're going to have um, a 50-run map asset. They're going to have a 100-run map asset, a 1,000-run map asset. Absolutely. But, you know, to be a mass market game where you have a lot of stuff for your yard, you're going to need people that have larger, bigger runs of stuff to decorate the yards with. And I think a lot of people are just focused on it, it's an NFT. It has to be a low It has to be a low mint series. There can only be 100 of them or 500 of them. But that's not the big purpose of map assets and upland it's to decorate your property it is but i mean okay would you rather have and i'll I'll ask this to the community would you rather have one creator create five thousand map assets or would you rather have 10 creators create 500 map assets each well it depends on the quality Assuming, assuming same relative quality, would you rather have a smaller number of creators making a larger number of them? So again, one creator makes 50,000 of the same map asset, or would you rather have 50 creators each make 1,000 unique assets? Does it matter? Yeah, well, because that's the difference, right? Because what you're saying is we need people making 50,000 of a thing because there's 4 million properties. I go, I don't know that that's going to be Upland's strategy, nor will it be a great strategy for an individual creator. We see how long it takes to make this stuff. Like, I don't know that I want to make 50,000 of anything. I mean, maybe, um, but I think that they're probably going to go, hey, we're going to enable... Uh, you know, a thousand creators to each make a bunch of little things and that and there'll, there'll be niches and markets and let them all fight it out. And guess what? Upland still rises to the top. If Upland said, we're only ever going to allow 50 creators for any given thing, there's going to be 50 map asset creators, 50 car creators, 50 decorated, whatever it is, like that's it. There's a max number of licenses and there's rules like that would be a very different story. Um, I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think they're they're going to go and I mean we've seen it. They're just giving licenses to anybody who's building factories, and they're going to revamp the process to have much more UGC. What this means to me is that there's going to be a lot of niche UGC. It's going to be Etsy. It's going to be the Etsy of Web three. Don't get me wrong. You can go to Etsy and find all kinds of cool weird stuff, but at the end of the day when I want a comfortable pair of sneakers, I'm going to go to the Nike store. If I want a fun pair of sneakers, I'm going to go to the Etsy store. And I think that that's what you're going to see. You're going to see the big brand official licensing, like the big marketed stuff come from Upland and you're going to have a bunch of niche UGC stuff. Again, definitely some top rising artists. I saw Bam tech in here. Absolute legend in the space, right? 
There's going to be high demand creators, but there's also just going to be a ton of janky creators. I literally saw, this is not a joke. This is actually, there's somebody who is selling boxes of manure. That's literally what the item is. That's the asset. It's a box of manure. It's a brown box with with horse manure in it. Literally, that's the map asset they created. So again, when you look at the average of UGC versus the average of Upland created content, you are going to have a lot of horse shit literally created that is going to have little to no value or interest to most of the community. That does not mean that there aren't going to be awesome items that have a ton of value and collectability inside of that. Right. No, it's true. Like it's actually like it's in, in Upland now. There's an Upland item. It's called Box of Manure. I saw it on Facebook. Like there was uh, Emmanuel was selling them. Yeah, the cream will rise, but that's my point. Is like average, average of UGC. Not talking outliers here, because there's going to be a ton of people making garbage there's an art to making art manure yeah it's man you box or wait hold on yeah that's manure i know it's there I'm not saying I don't want it. I think it's an awesome thing. But I'm just saying it's literally, that's literally what it is. Uh, which is funny because technically, isn't that considered, or, I mean, it's not organic matter because I guess it's just a box, but it's te- it'd be like, could I sell a box of tree bark or a box of, not bark. That's called tree- mulch. Yeah. Could I, sell a box of, could I sell a box of tree seeds or something? Like, I don't know. Anyway. Need poop for your garden, yeah. But again, it's not functional. Ah, oh, speaking of speaking, speaking of, of it, speaking of shitty map assets, <laughs> spooky doogies. There you go. Stop by, check it out. In multiple locations, slowly but surely, stocking it up. And for right now, spooky doogies will also sell the Christmas assets until I get that's those stores up and running. Yeah. So, so it's a dual, dual shop for now. All right, replica challenge is going on for the NFLPA legits. We're into the next round, and um, it's time to start burning. Window closes Saturday morning. First one was fun. They had challenges with just updating the leaderboard. It was kind of slow updating the leaderboard. The game started, and the leaderboard still wasn't updated. But then enough messages, and the team got that fixed. So what was – do we have any – any of the numbers from like what it like what the top 10 were and uh, like what how many burned for number 11 it it was kind of it varied by team like last week baltimore the top player had 75 burns number 10 was 20 burns number 11 was 19 burns um and then if you looked at san francisco so what's 19 burns like how much is a about a buck or a buck and a quarter yeah, so like, you or, just, you or burn- if it's an old school, or if it's an old school one, because you were allowed to burn old ones. But if you were burning twenty twenty threes, 
Which is ironic because you feel like those should be worth more. You would think. But you could but, buy them buy them cheap in stores. Uh, the the one heard that, amazing things about Spark Tycoon. I you know what? I don't even play Spark Tycoon and it's benefiting me. So shout out to Spark Tycoon because my girl Shaq was visiting. I like was collecting my things. I was like, who the hell is visiting? Like yeah. I got all these visits. And I'm like, I go and it's just Shaq. And I'm yep. like, did you lose a bet or something? Like, why the hell are you visiting me so much? <laughs> she's she's all over my properties too. So she's been really uh, oh, working hey, at Spark. Mine are easy. Mine, just go to one Christmas tree lane all day, every day. I got I got I got people, I got houses in every hood. Whatever you need. I'll go buy some properties. Now it was surprising that Tampa Bay had somebody burn 179 and and second place was 76 and 10th place was 26 but they wanted to make sure that they were getting their Tampa in there uh and, and Detroit had maybe they hate Tampa you ever think of that maybe they're like I want to get rid of these damn Tampa players that's true send them to the chipper but you're going to get the replicas off of it so if you just want to get rid of it why would you get rid of it to get a consolidation consolidation there you go consolidation um, Detroit had 140 for first place in 19 for 10th. Um, so it was all over the board. Green Bay first place was 32 and 10th was 19. And Buffalo, right, so Buffalo was 37 and Kansas City was 44. You would think, I was thinking that San Francisco, Kansas City, Buffalo with the bigger names that, you know, San Francisco was 47 also that there would be more to it, but... Baltimore, and even Houston. Houston was 50, 51. Um, but, yeah, some of the other teams had higher burns. Also, no, I used to make, I used to advertise everybody to put their send fees low. I'm not now because I want all the sends. So go set your send fees as high as possible. Like, go out there, be a Scrooge, because, honestly, it's benefiting me. Yeah, I've heard nothing but great things about Spark Tycoon, so shout out to uh, the Spark Tycoon team. Yep. And Spark Week's going on. Oh, man, they are getting they're getting pretty good with their AI llamas, eh? Yeah. They're getting there with the AI llamas. And this one, you I have... I have a cousin that looks like that. He works at Burger King. Um, the, the one in the hoodie, it looks just kind of like sad and emo. Yeah. Why do they look emo? Like, what prompt, put in chat, what prompt do you think generated this in an AI? <laughs> like, emo llamas holding hands below Ethereum raining, like, triangle raining coins, like, art style comic. Like, what would you, anyway, make a goat. Um, I feel bad because there's probably an artist who actually did this there. Um, honestly, I say that because all the little images in the coins are identical and that would, that would be something that does not normally happen in AI. I've been, I've been playing a lot with AI recently, AI art. So although the clouds, clouds look a little sus. Now, Spark Week's going on. They had the Spark sale that sold out. Also, right now, they have 
unique structure building opportunities, uh, 24-hour windows. On the 24th through the 25th, they had the Queen's unique uh, <clears throat> unique structure. And this is what the Queen's building looked like. So it cost 0.23 Spark to start building this building. It was weird that they don't have any windows on the back of the building. But, yeah, pretty cool there. Um, Dallas was today. So this is what the Dallas one looked like. Kind of has nice. that southwestern and the tower on it for their chimney. And then tomorrow is Nashville, and this is what the Nashville one looks like. All right. Now, okay, so here's my here's my thing. with These are super cool, right? But you're not going to be able to decorate them. Because they're not, you know, they're not making individual decorations for all these custom ones. The layouts look pretty similar to some of the buildings that already have ornaments. So, as you said, it could just slip right over it. You think it's a variation? Yeah. Like that, consider it a variation. I wish they would tell us what variation it was ahead of time. Then. Yeah, the Queens one had a huge footprint, though. It, it was hard to find properties. Yeah. So, and again, like I, I feel like if they if they were gonna do that. Um, they would have they would have put it in there because it would have been like in brackets or in there like um, modern house variation, apartment variation, right. townhouse variation, You're right? right? Um, which honestly would have been a cool way to do it. Um, I I see that uh, that being a cool opportunity. The Dallas one's way too. That, okay, so here's here's the thing though. And I, I see Rock Rigo in the background. Have we been monitoring how this impacts? Well, I guess because is there is there a, a a style? Is there a building variation component to your neighborhood score, or is it strictly um, spark hours per building? Because a lot of times they have like a variation. So, for instance, if I had no apartments. In my in my um, neighborhood, do I get a penalty for that? Like, do I have to have at least like one of each? Because I know for the decorating contest, you needed um, decorations for all the different styles, so you needed different ones. So it could be interesting. And if they're really expensive, spark like that would be a cool thing. If they were in a weird way, if they were really expensive, if they were dense spark per hour properties. Um, yeah, I mean, besides it being a spark sink, it could have, you know, neighborhoods that are, are stacking these up might see a benefit because it is dense uh, spark per property, right? No, Rock is, Rock is shaking his head no, and Rock's the expert here. So if he says no, then no. Look how many special Miami houses there are. It does keep people from selling. It's kind of clever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's a cool concept. It clashes with the decoration process that they have, which is a real bummer because that's a huge thing um, because I really hope that they bring back decorating contests. Like, that's a really important thing. Now, it, it would be interesting if they give those special buildings a default 
like a default decoration even during the season or something. Like they just put some like, you know, some Halloween decorations or some Christmas lights on it or something like let you toggle it um, as an added bonus. You get like built in seasonal decorations for them. That would be cool. But yeah, I don't know. We will see. All right. And then the big news of the day they dropped this afternoon was the seasons revamped. Um, there used to be nine seasons. Now they're down to six seasons. Uh, which, I mean, honestly, there's only one season that really matters. Genesis season. Genesis season, obviously. Yeah. Um, no, so here's my thing on this. Love it. And first of all, uh, this is, you know, truly aligning to standard kind of gaming methodology of having kind of these seasons. It's going to enable some gamification. I could already tell. I think that they're hinting at some things um, around even potentially gamifying your earnings, uh, stuff like that. I will say uh, this. I don't, I don't think there's a potential to it. They're pretty much saying that if you don't participate in these missions, you're not going to get the max earnings on your properties. So that's pretty much <laughs> you got to participate or you're not going to get everything. I love it. Thank you. I mean, like, it's it's weird. Like, it sucks because honestly, like, it's going to make me have to work for my earnings, so I don't love that. Uh, but it's fair, and I do There's- I do find it interesting. So we did have the property, you did have the earnings cap. You remember we had the earnings cap last year, and everybody got bent out of shape about it. They adjusted it, whatever. So we had the earnings cap, and we thought that was going to drive more people into play. Uh, they checked in a little more often, but this is really going to get people active and engaged in in the communities and just overall in the game, having to complete these these activities during the season, complete the missions, and I think it's going to help drive the ornament sales because you're going to have to start decorating your properties and you're going to have to build some of your properties so you can complete these missions. I think it's overall good for the environment and you know, you know, it's coming. They put out the dates. The dates are, you know, they're telling you when it starts, when it stops, how many days in between the next one. I like it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Like, so on the in-between times is your earnings, capped at whatever you finish the season at and like oh don't give them any more ideas no well (laughs) let it revert back here's like the thing is like day one of the season do do you go down to zero and then it's until you complete this or is it like your earnings so like the way i imagine it should work now how they'll actually implement i don't know is like so season one whenever that like let's say genesis season starts it right you're at your full, and honestly, I think that they should bump it. I think it should go back to like a 15 or 17% and go, hey, for this season, you're at 17%. At the end of this season, based on which missions you complete, that will be your earnings from the end of this season to the end of next season or until like you go and complete all your missions. So uh, I don't know, whatever the season after Genesis is, right? So let's let's say sizzle. you do none. It's the sizzle let's, season. Sizzle season? Okay, so let's say you do none of your missions, and that drops you to, say, 5%. I don't think they'll drop it to zero. That would be insane to me. Uh, I would That would be ballsy of them to do. But let's just say it drops it crazy to, like, 5%. So the end of Genesis season, you do nothing. You're like, you're like me and the totems. You're like, this is dumb. I'm rebelling. I'm not going to do it. They drop you to 5%. 
and or you're at 17% you keep it because you do all of it. Then like that's locked in for 15 days for sure. Then the next season starts, you keep whatever you're at. So if you're at if you're at 5 you're at 17 whatever and it's kind of like reward so if you're part of uh I'm show my I'm bouginess a little bit like American Airlines or Marriott like when the next year starts you keep your status or if you are at a lower status and you rank up you get the benefit of immediately getting to do the perks but you don't lose the perks so i start i start sizzle at 5% but within the first 2 weeks i do all my missions that would get me back up to say the full 17 or 15% whatever um and then it should, I should be able to get it up there immediately. And then I get it for the rest of that season and the next season, right? So that's how it. I think it should work. It should work like airline miles redemptions where you have the season to complete the activities and that rolls over to the next season. So you have a little bit of a rolling calendar on it. If you fall out, you can ramp up as quick as you want, but it doesn't it prevent you from falling. That's how it should work. Um, and I don't think that the missions are going to be that challenging. I think it would be like consecutive logins, um, you, you know, doing. Yeah, but something. imagine it's imagine it's. I mean, consecutive logins might suck, but like, let's say it's login fifteen times the season or whatever. Like, you don't want to have to do two weeks every single cycle at a capped at a hindered interest, right? Like that would that would piss me off. That would piss me off. If I don't have a way to stay at full interest the entire time, I'm mad. I'm a, I'm madder than I am at totems. That's for damn sure. Totems because are now, your own fault. Totems are... <laughs> anyway. Um, so they better have a way that you're able to maintain full capacity. And again, there's a very simple way to do it. I just outlined it. Upland team, if you're listening, that's how it needs to be. Because if not, then it's going to be a terrible system. No, I, th- I think the missions will be easy enough, but it's going to drive engagement, you know, at, maybe not daily, but at least every couple of days because people are going to want to continue to earn their full full earnings on their property. I, I think it's Agreed. great. But, but if, you, if at day one I go to back down to 5% and then I have to complete all these missions – which if the if the idea is the missions are to keep me active over the entire season, they're not going to be something I can do in one day. It would it would defeat the purpose. I don't think they'd mess with the collection multipliers. Um, no, but but three but times zero is still zero. That, that's true, and I don't think they're going to take it to zero, and I don't think they're going to like make you build from the. I think it's going to be hey, you know, if, if by. It could be that, hey, if you didn't complete the stuff by the end, as you said, in between, you're penalized in that off season, and then you're penalized for the next start of the season. And then if you complete the missions, Until then you, you boost get, back up. Yeah. 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 So I would imagine there's like ranges, right? Like there'll be levels that you can complete. Um, and if at the end of the season, like that's your level for the 15 day period. And then that's where that's the level you start the next season at. So let's say there's 10 levels and you only make it to level five for those 15 days, you're locked in at level five and season two, you start at level five. Now, as soon as you get to level six, it should bump you up. But let's say you're already at level 10. 
when you start season two, you're at level 10 for the entire season. Even if you do none of the quests during that season and you're at level one at the end of season two, all of season two, you should be at level 10. At the end of season two, if you didn't do anything, you go to level one for the 15 days you're locked in. Season three, you start at level one, but as soon as you get to level two, three, four, it should bump it up immediately. Like that's how, that's the correct way to do this gamification, Upland. Like, be very clear. That's how you do it. That's the fair and correct way to add in this kind of gamification. So please don't mess with the industry because any other way that you do it is going to be met with hostility. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. All right. And then, yeah, I, I'm just very interested to see it because they said the series of missions will be related to property development and in-game activities. Very interesting to see where they go with that. And they did point out that it is specifically designed to reward the players who are consistently active and fully engaged in the game. So no mailing it in there. Thank me later. Um, you'll have to be. No. And again, I I'm all about it. Like I think I I've been looking for reasons for them to make me log in. The missions didn't really, I mean, they didn't do it for me. I mean, I see them and I, I it's like a, but if you're going to tie it directly to my ability to collect interest, yeah, yeah, you got my attention now. Like, you kind of got me by golden handcuffs. Like, all right, I want my interest. I will go do, I'll go jump through some moves. I mean, all you had to do is release badges. Honestly, there needs to be seasonal badges. Upland, hear me out. Seasonal badges. Believe me, I will complete all the missions for some seasonal badges. I'm still kicking myself that I didn't know about the travel badges. I'm kicking myself. Anytime I see somebody with all those damn travel badges, like I missed, what, like three or four badges over that travel event. Yeah. Ah, so <laughs> although, although man, I'm at, I'm at something like 13 now badges with the protom, yep. with the protom badge. It's kind of funny. The protom badge is like way off. Can you see it? The little, yeah, like it's horse? just a little horse. Yep. It's like way under because my whole entire block explorer is surrounded by badges. And then the horse is like a whole nother thing. Um, love it. Now, they also announced the monuments and MV Motor official race events, which will happen in season. I don't know how much they're doing, Ninja. Oh, yeah, I did. Sorry, I just shied. I don't know. I think they're dead. I hope they're dead. Maybe maybe Jim will give me an update on them later. But are they dead? I didn't verify. I wasn't going to waste my energy since you know, I was just curious of where they were, and you said you – you weren't going to revive them, so I didn't check again. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody. Time. Maybe there was a secret ninja feeder. I don't think so. I, I hope they're dead. Yeah, I want them anyway. So, no monuments, super cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I, I did find it interesting that they will host the official circuits. Uh, I'm very curious of what because it says they're more than just iconic landmarks. They're going to be the top in the game. Looking forward to it. What do you think about having official MV motor races? You know, we've built up the Upland Racing Leagues. you got the MetaVenture Speedways going on. And now after this, Upland says, oh, yeah, we're going to do some MV motors racing. See previous comments about branded things. UGC will always fall second to Upland branded things, which was one of my biggest fears from from the UGC or from uh, the the Upland Racing League from day one, 
was my concern is like, and even like the, the spark exchange, they haven't done it yet, but as soon as Upland, as soon as Upland implements a spark exchange, you know, and the spark exchange will die. Like, cause the, from a mass market perspective, no one's going to a third party link. Now, whether or not they'll ever do that, who knows? But yeah, that news was kind of shocking. And I would love to hear Upland racing leaks. Obviously I know mass chef and them, they're, uh, very positive, and I'm sure that they will come in and go, yeah, hey, more people interested in racing. It's good for everybody, yada, yada, yada. Put on a happy face, um, sing the the party line, because that's what they should do, because they, I mean, that's the right thing for them to do. But And, and these are just race events. They're, it, it's not saying race seasons during each Season, so it sounds like there'll be official MV Motor Race events during each season. So you'll have a race or two, or you know, a qualifying period with, with the finals for a giveaway prize. You know, this is different from the Upland Racing League, where they have weeks upon weeks of racing on different tracks, grinding it out and awarding prizes each and every week to the to the racers of the league. So, sure, but which do you think will get more attention? I don't know. Depends on how the how it's no. marketed. Go, go look at all of the other Upland, because Upland's done races, official races before. Go look at yeah. the participation levels on those versus any, you know. But, but the Upland Racing League, their season's limited to the drivers in that league. So, you know, you don't have, it's not open to everybody. You have to qualify for the Upland Racing League to race in it. Uh, I mean, so it's yes, different. You're, it's yes, apples and oranges it's, here with the yeah, racing it's here. Not, it's not apples to apples. That's true. If Upland, if Upland did a racing like league where it was just like where it was that where you like qualified for a league and they had seasons like here's a racing season and you had to qualify like if they did a full on that, that would be I would be upset for Upland Racing League. If it is just these holiday race events like they've done historically and it's just seasonally themed, that's fine. Um, presumably the Upland official tracks. But here's the thing. Like, is Upland Racing League then going to, I'm not going to say Bogart's that the right word, but like I kind of hope Upland Racing League doesn't use any Upland official race tracks. But here's the thing, whoever buys the monument, right? Because I'm assuming it's like the landmarks, right? They're going to sell these. Absolutely. They're probably going to, like, they're going to sell them. And so somebody's going to own it. So now the question is, will Upland Racing League support these tracks? I don't think that they will technically qualify because my guess is the owner of the monument isn't going to own whatever percentage of the track in order for it to be an Upland Racing League sanctioned track, Right. Right. So, and in general, is Upland Racing League going to take a position that says, hey, these tracks, these official Upland tracks, we are not going to have them in any of our events. We are only going to do community tracks. That's what we are. We're a community racing league. If Upland wants to hold official events on these official tracks, that's on them. But we're supporting the community. We're supporting community tracks. That's our mission. I'd be curious to, to hear what they have to say on it. Yeah, I'll reach out, get a comment from them. See. But yeah, I thought monuments, I hope they do more than just like for the racing. But yeah. 
Change the name to a <laughs> monument raising league. Lol. Ah, oh. JT. Brutal. Brutal. All right. What what else do you have for us this week? Mm, no, the monument. I I'm excited. I mean, monuments is kind of a big deal. It's. I hope it's not. Monuments is a big name to attach to something that they have only. Oh, yeah. that's true. They did sell the first monument. That's right. Thank you. Good, good. Remember, Shaq. I just hope that they don't... I hope that they have, like, racing monuments. But, like, monuments, I hope, is more than just for racing. Right. That's what I was hoping. Because it's such a big term. Yeah. Because, like, the... Well, I mean, although I say that, the the first monument that I thought of that I, that I can't wait to see for sale, not that I'll be able to afford it, but is the Golden Gate Bridge, which Golden Gate Bridge, first drag strip in Upland. There you go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. That would be, that would be, so. I would, I would legit try to liquidate most of my account to buy that. <laughs> like, I, I'd be like, Abdullah, listen, I will give you everything I have. I just want that. Um, that would be super cool. Uh, the Jenga building? Yeah, that is Vox's official headquarters. It's still under construction. And, um, yeah, stay tuned for the Vox news with Upland. It said it, said it finished. Oh, it did Check finish? It. Okay. I didn't check up on it, but, yeah. So we're, we're just waiting for some sort of announcement between Upland and Vox now. Yeah, Drake Strip would be awesome. All right, anything else for the week? No, no. Overall, pretty good week for, for Upland, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to seeing how these seasons play out. Excited for it. Uh, hopefully it drives not only Upland-created structure ornaments, but user-generated structure ornaments to take into consideration for the seasons and the competition. So. Yeah, and I will say it's kind of surprising because keep in mind, this is January, right? Historically, after the holidays, Upland has kind of gone dark. If you remember in the previous years, like, they pushed all of their stuff. Like, December, they were just like, cram, 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 cram. And then they kind of just, like, let off the gas. January, February, March, leading up to Genesis Week, they kind of, you know, slowed down. Um, and you know, it seemed like they were more or less saving for, um, you know, Genesis week and had pushed everything they could for December. So the fact that they're continuing this momentum, big announcements, like fundamental changes to the game, like they haven't slowed down at all. That to me is a very encouraging sign. Like 2024 could finally be the year that every year we say like, this has got to be the year. And I mean, and they already got a lot lined up going into this year. You know, the sparklet was voted by the community. So that's coming. Working on the, you know, the stem right now we're playing with Protom to turn into STEM. Um, you know, now we're changing, trying to generate more daily activity. A lot of stuff going on already headed into the year. James Taylor, there was a glitch. 
How many of the small townhouses were built during the glitch? <gasps> what? Scandal? How? Oh, there was a scandal and we didn't quick, know? Quick, 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 quick. Ooh, I almost missed, uh, missed it in the sweet spot on one of my totems. My 24-hour totems. And there were... Oh, dang. James Taylor's got the inside scoop. All of the scandals. No, I, we, I'm not trying to bury nothing. I just don't... No. But the Tokyo building. Oh. Yeah. You have... Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, some of oh. my... Some of my totems are doing really well on the feeds. I got one. Um, I have a. I thought we were done. I have a blue, a blue butterfly that's paying blue me. Blue butterfly. Yeah, it's paying me just about 160 uh, protum. And then uh, I have a golden, golden dragonfly that's paying me over 200 protum. What are you feeding it? 86. Nice. Wow. And the dragonfly, I feed 55 and it's giving me 160. Nice. Then I got a wolf totem or a dragonfly, a brown dragonfly that I feed 20 and it's giving me um, uh, just about 60, giving me 58. Well, there you go. Fantastic. So considering that I started with five, I bought four and I haven't bought any protom. And my balance now is a thousand more than it was last week on the show. By next are you, week, are you wait? So you're still down? I'm still down, but okay. If I didn't buy the other, so I bought four totems that I didn't get protom with after the cycle started. Oh, okay. And I was feeding them with my original protom start. So if it weren't for buying those four, I would be positive. Now it looks like um, I haven't like really crunched the numbers, but. Yeah, I bought bought some extra ones. Double the protein, double the fun. No, that's that's fantastic. I look forward to seeing the results from the first feeding cycle. Um, again, I'm sticking to my guns. I was very tempted. The numbers looked really good, um, but I'm sticking to my my protein. You could say I'm cutting off my nose to spite my face. That's fair. Uh, but I don't like the way it was done. I don't like the way it was released. It didn't work for me. Um, so I'm going to sit out this first round. I'll let everybody else participate. It doesn't bother me. Um, and then I'll figure out what my strategy is going into the next cycle. Um, and hopefully they don't change everything because uh, that will re-agitate me. Oh, and if they do change it, as long as they announce it and tell exactly what they changed uh, and actually maybe give us the information because – even having all the perfect information, there's still insane strategies and people finding new things and loopholes and, and all kinds of cool stuff. So, like, I'm not – I don't need all of the strategy, but I need all the base information to be able to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I did notice um, my brown dragonfly, I started as soon as you were able to start the cycle and didn't realize – I didn't calculate, figure out that it was a 12 hour. So I got to feed it at noon and I have to feed it at midnight. So I feed it right before I go to bed, usually somewhere between nine and 10 o'clock. And when it provides the protom at six in the morning, it's lower than my 6 p.m. protom offering when I can feed it right at 1202 um, in the afternoon when it's supposed to be fed. So there's definitely 
a difference in just a couple hours of hitting that sweet spot of feeding and, and the reward that you're getting. That's yeah. Good to know. Again, like, and I think that's, it's hard to manage 10. Like, I, I think there's a lot of factors to it. I definitely can't wait to hear definitely challenging. Like no one, like I like, look, I'm not opposed to hard work in games. Like, let's be very clear. Like I spent the, the amount of things that I've done for Upland, like time wise uh, and in other games, time wise, like I have no problem investing time and resources into games like i'm in a game now that at 11 o'clock every single night i'm on and i have guild dailies that i do and i i'm very very diligent about it i have no problem with that kind of stuff my issue with the launch was not having the data and having a bad user experience as a general player as not somebody who has a ton like if you aren't connected to all the communities i know you can be like well this is a small piece of kind of the expectations. All of that's fair and valid. I'm not trying to dissuade anyone from doing their totem fun. Enjoy the totems. Uh, I just, you know, I'm saying my piece on it. I'm okay that it's hard work to get it because it does sound like it's going to be quite profitable in that sense. It does sound like you're going to be able to get a lot of protom out of it. Uh, what the long-term value of that is, I don't know. What the impact to not sleeping for three months at a time is going to be, I don't know. Well, you just uh, got to set it up and, and cycle it. Right. But I mean, yeah, but I mean, we know, I mean, there's already, there's guaranteed there's ones that are like the 15 hour cycles that, that are going to be weird. Yeah. The 16 like, hour cycles suck. Yeah. So again, like, I don't know. Anyway, I'm glad that totems are paying out more. Um, I'll be interested to see the kind of the, the overall sentiment after the first season uh, of feedings, what people got net result, uh, what happens to the actual total market for season two, right? right? Like, does it go up? Does it go down? Like, I don't know, because there's a limit now. Like, people are, I wonder what people think, like, the max that they would be able to realistically do um, is. I mean, if you got all the same, you know, if you're good with, uh, you know, the 12-hour cycle or the 24-hour cycle, the 48, those are the easier ones. But I I wonder if the off-hour ones are going to be more rewarding. You know, your 16, your 30, and your 36-hour cycle ones, I wonder if they're going to be more rewarding because of the inconvenience it is or... No, I don't think Upland thinks like that. No. I think... I honestly don't. I, I, I think it's going to be, I think it scales linearly. Like I, I would be very shocked if they're like, well, yeah, these are easy increments. So we're going to put a, like we're giving a benefit to the 16 hour ones. I mean, we'll have the data. We'll see. And now what I think would be interesting is then at the end of this, like these weird ones, like the eight hours, the eight hour ones are probably going to be dirt cheap compared. Right. So if you were going to be a protom mogul, I would consider um, buying a bunch of eight-hour ones. And, like, if you're going to do it, do it. You could probably get, like, a bunch of eight-hour ones super cheap. And then if you just do them all in the same cycle, like, and then that's just your whole gimmick. Every eight hours, you just 
go and feed them, like figure it out. But yeah. Yeah. My dragonfly is paying 60 every 16 hours, estimated $8 if price holds six. I don't know what that means. Estimated $8 if price holds. Look at the hood data. For sure, they didn't think of Easter eggs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, I, again, definitely something. I mean, it's a big part of what's going to be happening over Upland over the next several months. So we'll continue to monitor it and get feedback. Let us know. You know, send us some DMs. What's your experience? 60 protum, 80 protum, $10. Oh, because of what you're paying for, for your UPEX where they gave you, you buy the UPEX and you get the protum for free. Oh, so you're making $8 every 16 hours, but that's not true because Protom was free. That sale, that sale Protom was free, y'all. Like you didn't buy Protom. You bought, you bought UPEX and got free Protom. So no, no, that's never how that works. You don't buy the proto and get the Upex for free. You buy the Upex and you get the add-on for free. Yeah, just you like the, the Block Upex Explorers. You, yep. you buy the Upex and you get the Block Explorer for free. You buy the Upex, you get the Protom for free. Because it's always, it's always the one U.S. dollar to a thousand Upex. They've done it with every time. That's why they give you the Upexes. You're buying the Upex and the other thing is free. The sale is still going on, is it really? Yeah. It, and that's good. That means that, you know, people were able to manage or they just were quitters like you. So either way, I like well, honestly, it. I like, honestly, I like that it's still there available if you messed up and you needed to get some more. Yeah. When you buy the Upex to get free Black Explorer, the price usually holds, right? No. It depends what, it depends how many Block Explorers. Um, the block explorers and block explorers are not a great example because block explorers are a permanent asset. Um, Protom is technically a consumable. So it's slightly different in, and it's non-transferable. Um, so it's a consumable that's not transferable because technically you could mess up like we've seen, like I've done. And you could get and feed your you could feed your totem a thousand protum, and it's gone, right? Like so, it's it's a consumable, and it's technically it's non transferable. Your totems produce protum, which so it produces a consumable, and so technically you can transfer it once you've had a totem produce it. Um, so it does not hold the same value as block explorer. I would say it holds like one tenth the value of that. Like that's how I would in my head when I looked at that and went, okay, so if it is um, 80 for a, uh, 80 for $10. So it'd be eight for a dollar, which I go 10% um, of that is um, like, 10 cents each, right? No, eight, eight for a dollar. What's a dollar divided by eight? Computer, what's a dollar divided by eight? One US dollar divided by eight is 13 US cents. 
so like one one cent, one point three cents each. That's what I would value. I'd value Protom at about one cent. Based on again, that's completely rough back of the envelope. That's what I'm putting. That's my current price evaluation, not financial advice. A protum to me is worth about one penny. To you. To me. To you. All right. All right. Well, let's get out of here for the Definitely week. Definitely not more than 10 cents. So somewhere between one and 10 cents, but probably one cent. All right. With that, everybody be safe and have fun. We'll see you out there in the metaverse until next week. The Ovid Podcast with the property expert. If it's happening in Upland, it's the place you want to check first. With your host who's stupid to win and thank you later. Bringing a strategy, news, and cool charts with all the data. This is Upland, where the metaverse goes down. Genesis, San Fran, Rio, and all around. Don't miss a week, you never know what they'll say next. It's the 